Hey, Cyclones fans. Welcome back to the Cyclone Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Nick Osen. Sorry about the wait for this one. You know, we're going to start making this a lot more on the regular, obviously getting really into the depths of football season coming up. Incredibly exciting time around Ames. Fall camp is well underway. So naturally, there's going to be plenty of football discussion on this. It is that type of season. My breakdown is going to get into a little bit of basketball first because the 2023 class is expectedly done, and that happened recently after the last podcast we did. We'll get into a little football recruiting, fall camp, and then, of course, the awesome reader questions. So I appreciate you all tuning in, and we will get into it here. So the Iowa State Cyclones got a verbal commitment from Caden Fish in the class of 2023 for basketball recently. He is the fourth member of the class, a really special class, which as of this recording sits at number five in the country. And I think that speaks to obviously the type of players that are going to be fitting into this class and, you know, kind of the ceiling there with when they get here. But I tweeted it and I wasn't really afraid to, kind of expand upon it in some of the articles after the Omaha Blue commitment and obviously recently Caden Fish. I think that this staff in Ames at Iowa State is truly one of the best recruiting staffs in the country. I firmly believe that for basketball. And I think that's something Iowa State's fans, I've been really impressed. They're not only passionate, but they've got a level of, of knowledge and following what's going on that's highly impressive. So I think they're aware of that. That was just something I've really wanted to note because I had high expectations for several programs when I got here. But a top five class as we get into the fall is pretty special. I think that the key here is kind of going to be the ceiling of those power forwards. Essentially, Milan Momchilovic, Recently met him in Pewaukee when I interviewed his teammate, Nick Janowski. We'll speak on him a little bit later. As well as Omaha Blue. Those two players will likely be expected to play incredibly early in their careers as Cyclones. And they just kind of balance each other so well. So that's going to be really exciting. Iowa State sits at four players. And I always thought that that was the magic number for the class of 2023. Now in football... Iowa State's class of 2023 currently has 19 commitments. Recently, there was an announcement for Kenyon Sadiq to commit. He ended up deciding on Oregon, which was a school not in his top three. That was a that was a player and a recruitment that Iowa State really had a lot of momentum with sincerely throughout the summer. The good thing for the program is that the usage and production for tight ends has really been so strong recently. And the staff seems to feel pretty good and confident with not only the depth that they already have here in Ames, but some of the new players that have gotten in, you know, just this year as well, Burkle and Keller at the tight end position. So I I still expect there to be at least one tight end commitment in the class, but I think that that position is going to be a strength really this year, as I've said and written, as well as for the foreseeable future here with Iowa State. So now most eyes are going to shift almost strictly on Blake Purchase, younger brother of a really impressive corner, Miles Purchase, here at Iowa State already. Blake was set to commit to the college of his choice. I believe it was July 1st. Ended up pushing that back. And I've kind of maintained that 
I think that may end up being a positive for Iowa State. And I think I, I still believe certainly in the moment that it was a positive for the Cyclones. There was a lot of momentum at that time for Purchase and Oregon. Now Oregon is still very much in it, but they've continued to stack up on defensive linemen, a couple edges, and they're not done at the position either. So there's by no means to count out the Ducks. And within the last month or so, Purchase picked up an offer from Notre Dame. I do get the feeling that they would be a school potentially of interest to him. However, he's maintained this sense of wanting to be a priority for wherever he goes at the next level. And obviously offering this late in the game doesn't necessarily match that. Notre Dame's a very strong football program. and has been incredibly impressive with Marcus Freeman and this coaching staff on the recruiting trail, both in 23 as well as 2024. I think the key there will be if Purchase ends up taking a visit there. Otherwise, I get the sense, and you know, I've kind of maintained as of late, that Iowa State's in at least a pretty good spot, if not the best spot out of any of those programs in this moment. And it's going to kind of be a waiting game to see when he really wants to make that final decision. As high school football is well underway for many programs around the country, And I believe his school at Cherry Creek is just going to be getting started soon in the next week or so. That's where things kind of sit. 2023 football class. And now what everybody's really kind of been asking about and the crux of what's really going on in Iowa State sports that we cover here at 247. Fall camp. There have been several standouts, some of which I will hit on in the reader questions. But there are just a few guys that I wanted to highlight. Obviously, this is my first year covering this program. So I'll start with a player that I kind of heard my got my interest going in following him, especially when he was mentioned at Media Days. J.R. Singleton, an impressive, versatile D lineman that I've written. I kind of expect him to start and without a doubt have a major role on the 2022 Iowa State Cyclones. Another guy is tight end Steve O'Klotz. He's not expected to start. He's not even really generally mentioned with the top three guys in Easton Dean, Deshaun Hanneke, Tyler Moore, or Jared Russ, if you want to feature him as a tight end spot. But Klotz has had a very strong fall camp, and I will be shocked if you don't see him on the field this season at Jack Trice. I think that he's got this rare ability to potentially – follow Russ in that H-back type role, as well as be a pretty strong receiver at the tight end position. So that's a name that I will throw out there. Safety Malik Verdon. I highly, highly anticipate him having a major role on this year's team. And then kind of an expected star for this upcoming year that has gotten a lot of buzz really since the end of last year and his performance in the Cheez-It Bowl is safety Bo Freeler. He is one of those players on the team as well as the defense specifically that is locked into a starting spot along with Anthony Johnson, who made the switch from corner to safety in that back line of the defense. And then I mentioned Verdone, who Freeler has been very high on. He feels that he potentially has the highest ceiling on the team, at least from a physical standpoint. He mentioned that to a group of us recently when we got to interview Bo after practice, but I I just think that the secondary 
might be the strongest position group, certainly on the defense, maybe on the entire team. I know that the running back position has had a lot of buzz, rightfully so. Campbell has pushed that as well. Coach Campbell at some radio spots and, you know, kind of nationally speaking, Big 12 media days and things like that. But I'm going to put my name into this for the secondary being one of the most consistent and reliable spots on Iowa State's team. I've, I've said it since April or May, just from what I saw at spring ball. Then you get quotes at media day. And then obviously as fall camp has gone on, that hasn't really slowed down. So those are some of the guys I wanted to make sure that I hit on. I've heard really good things about those, of course, are not the only players that have been spoken highly about. Hunter Deckers has shown some great flashes deep, taking over as quarterback. Will McDonald continues to be one of the best players in the country. But some of those names weren't necessarily talked about as much or even really expected to play as big of roles coming into 2022. So I wanted to make sure I hit on those there. It's really pretty crazy to think that fall camp is not only that much underway, but just a couple weeks out and this Iowa State team will be getting things going in this fall of 2022, taking on SEMO in a season that I believe has varied expectations. I know that I've been a little higher on Iowa State than some people. I just think that their, their floor is pretty high based on the talent returning, as well as the numbers of weapons that the offense will have. And I'll get into that a little bit more here. But it's just crazy, truly, how, how quickly time has flown and that that is about to get started here soon. Without further ado, we'll get into some reader questions here. First off, Dimitri Stanley isn't discussed much. And this is a new receiver, transfer from Colorado coming in this year, speedster. This poster asks, have you heard any inside info on how he's looking? He hasn't been mentioned a ton in some of these group pressers that the local media has had. However, I feel that he wouldn't have come here and, you know, he wouldn't have been brought in here if he didn't fill a specific role. Whether Stanley kind of gets that starting spot or not is, is very much to be determined, at least on my end. But I've heard only good things about him recently. I think that that speed element just opens up the offense so much, especially with, with Hunter Decker's big arm. It wouldn't shock me if Stanley gets some chances to return the ball as well on special teams. But when I have been able to ask or I have heard about things with Stanley, it hasn't been the most in-depth, but it's very much been generally positive. It's just been a little bit of a process getting used to this new program and this new offense, which is a little bit different than many run around the country. Next up, anybody thought of as a recent or as a returning starter or likely starter that might be in more of a battle than we'd expect? Now, I really liked this question. I had something written down here, and how I'm kind of taking this is I think there are those battles, a couple which I will hit on, but I don't feel that they're necessarily big enough battles where those players lose their spots. One that I obviously alluded to is the running back group. I think that there's been so much, not only depth, but guys that really can provide different things, like true freshman Cartavius Norton, 
can just simply run through you in addition to other talents he has. Eli Sanders, good runner, great weapon out of the backfield as a pass catcher. Deion Silas can prove to be very shifty and do some other things as well. And I don't think it's just, you know, kind of coach speak or, or extra talk the way that Coach Campbell has spoken about this running back group. So I do feel that there has been kind of a battle there. However, with that said, I would be relatively shocked if Jirel Brock is not RB1. I totally expect that. And then a position group that I'm going to hit on a little bit more on, on our writing this week on Cyclone Alert is the cornerback position. It, there's a legitimate four guys in Miles Purchase, TJ Tampa, Tavon Kyle, and Darian Porter that are kind of fighting for those top two spots. I feel like Purchase will be tough to beat out there. And then I at least somewhat expect Tampa to get that other spot. But regardless, all four of those guys have done well. Truly since the spring, Campbell has called Darian Porter the MVP on the defensive side of the ball in spring ball. And they're all going to see the field. Cornerbacks coach Matt Capone hit on that last week a little bit in another group media session. But that has been a really strong point in terms of just a position group where you're battling for those top spots, but several players are expected to still see the field in that manner. Little basketball one here. What's your projected basketball starting lineup? You know I'm not going to turn down a basketball question, even if it is football season. I'm fairly confident in this one. I feel that it'll be Jeremiah Williams at one, Jaron Holmes, Gabe Kalsher, Jazz Kuntz, and Oshun Oshuniyi. I'm feeling pretty solid about that starting five in terms of what I think. I totally expect Williams to, you know, come from Temple and take over that one spot. I feel maybe if you need more defense, Hassan Ward could play more of the the four slash five with Oshun in there as well. But pretty confident in that starting five right now for 2022-2023. Another basketball one on the recruiting front. How will the 2024 basketball class shape up to that of 2023? Really hard to project that right now. Obviously, I had said to many people that I thought Iowa State's 2023 class would end up very strong, which it did. So that's going to be tough to kind of catch up to that. The 23 class will probably end up somewhere in the 10 to 15 range, I would guess, once teams really fill out and finish up their classes. Certainly shouldn't be any lower than that 11 to 13 mark. So that's tough to project. I will say, based on how Iowa State has handled things thus far and gotten to be in at least a good place with players like JT Rock and Nick Janowski recently spoke with him, I feel that if Iowa State can land at least one of those big-time talents, I think that the class can somewhat measure up comparably, but it would be very tough to match the class of 2023 at this point, still a long ways away, though, for that to obviously be wrapped up. Who do you anticipate being Hunter Decker's go-to target this season? Now, I think the obvious answer here, and likely the correct answer, is Xavier Hutchinson. One of the best 
you could say pass catchers in the entire country. I think that he's formed a really strong bond with Deckers on and off the field, and it would be pretty shocking if it was not him. However, expectations are high for Jalen Noel this year. He certainly showed some flashes last season. I believe in his true freshman campaign, which is just ridiculous from the Kansas City area native. And then I, I hit on Dimitri Stanley as well. Of course, I, I do not think that he will necessarily lead the team in yards or targets or anything like that. But I think that's going to be a pretty solid trio of pass catchers just at the wideout position to say there. I still think the tight end group is getting a little underrated, somewhat by the general public and things of that nature. But those are the names that I would use to answer that question. couple players that maybe you didn't expect to perform as well or have surprised a little bit in fall camp. Yeah, one name that I did not necessarily know as much about or expect to hear as much about is linebacker Miles Mendezoom. He's been mentioned fairly consistently, including from linebackers coach Tyson Vite in that group media session recently. So I expect him to at least be fighting for a shot to be in kind of that too deep depth chart there. And then safety Trevon Howard. Like I said, I expect Malik Verdone to take that final starting safety spot, but I was impressed to hear Howard's name mentioned a couple times from Coach Broomfield we spoke with recently, and I think that just speaks to how ready he is to compete at this level and how good and, and big of a commitment that was after Howard decommitted, I believe it was from Northwestern, to come to Iowa State and already be that much ready to compete in Coach John Haycock's defense at the Big 12 level. I believe this question was kind of sparked by an injury from Jake Remsburg recently, and that is who are the number twos at tackle right now? So when everyone is healthy, I expect those at least next up top two tackles to be Morrow and Grant Triber. However, it's interesting because early on, there was a lot of kind of interest from fans and potential buzz with James Neal, a new tackle on the team that now has been moved inside to guard. So I would say Marrow and Triber. It'll be interesting. Triber's had a very good fall camp. And Morrow was recently getting some spots over on the right side as well. So it would be very interesting to see how that would shake out. But I do think those are the next two up in terms of who would kind of follow suit after Tyler Miller and Jake Remsburg on the outside of the offensive line. What position group are you most excited to watch week one? Then another great poster said, and why is it running back? That, that group would make a lot of sense, and don't get me wrong, that position is going to be fun, deep, and, and very exciting to kind of watch and follow along this year. However, tight end is a position that I have a lot of familiarity with in, in the old playing days at Wanakee High School. And I just think that there's this level that maybe it's not being talked about enough. I get that Charlie Kohler and Chase Allen are gone, but I still think the talent and depth in the room is actually pretty strong. So I would say the tight ends, and then I'm going to stick with kind of my – 
excitement and confidence in that secondary. I would say the cornerback position. I just think whoever is going to get those top two spots, and right now I believe it'll be purchased in Tampa, potentially. I think that they're going to bring a lot of talent and versatility to that room. And I think with Will McDonald's pass rush and the fact that Iowa State has some depth on the defensive line, I think that's going to help these corners even more because I believe that they will be able to lock down, certainly take guys one-on-one and potentially create some turnovers. But I think that's going to be a big deal in this defense and why the floor for the defense is probably or at least potentially even higher than that of the offense right now for Iowa State. Question a true freshman Rocco Beck. How has he looked? And then this person says they they kind of expect Beck to take over the number two spot soon if he had not already. So obviously Deckers is QB1. I've really heard good things about both Rocco as well as Ashton Cook, the walk-on quarterback. I'm not necessarily directly sure who would be in that number two spot right now. I've probably heard the most buzz and good things about Cook since spring ball consistently. However, quarterbacks coach Joel Gordon had a lot of good things to say about Rocco last week. I think that he took a lot of time and put in the work after spring ball to kind of work on the little things in the offense, learning Manning and Campbell's offense, accuracy, throwing on the move, just the little things that don't translate maybe as easily from high school to college ball. And I do know that helped him tremendously. I think that speaks a lot not only to his football ability, but the fact that he's already so young and doing that. It's not a surprise coming from an NFL family, but I think that that is a major positive. And I would say that whoever takes that number two spot in the end, once games really count in week and a half, two weeks, there will be a level of comfort there, either whether it is Rocco or Ashton Cook. I think that both have performed admirably in fall camp is kind of the sense that I'm getting. There is a lot of comfort there, and it's been a steady process of growth and progress for Rocco since he got to Ames. Not everything was going to end up perfectly for him or really any young quarterback early on, like back in the spring. But I remember in the limited chances we got to see, Rocco and Cook had some of the best throws out of anyone that was playing the position back in the spring. So I'd say a lot of positives there as well. And finally, this is kind of flown by, a question about running back usage. I've kind of gone, gone over who I feel like will, will play the most in the order that I somewhat expect. But it was also a mention of what they bring to the table when they step on the field. Right now, I think that expectedly, Brock is the most complete running back. He's obviously a really good runner. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got some speed certainly strength, and he can do pretty well in pass pro from his experience, his strength, and his base. So I'd say he's the most complete there. If you just need to essentially run through somebody, maybe a short yardage situation, that's where I like Brock or Cartavius North. Coach Nate Shieldhouse hit on this a little bit recently, how he can just essentially run through people used some type of terminology like that a couple weeks ago at the group press conference. And that just lined up with what I saw back in the spring 
and kind of what I've seen from him and his high school tape as well, as obviously I'm newer to this spot and I, I tried to get as much previous information and highlights as I could. That makes a lot of sense to me. I think Sanders is a really nice change of pace back. In my opinion, the best receiver out of the backfield in that group. I think that he will get plenty of touches this season. The VIP subscribers know I've really hit on his name consistently since April, but especially in this camp, I think that he, yeah, is going to have a major role and he's another really young running back. And then Silas can do some similar things. Again, shifty, catch the ball out of the backfield, make you miss. So there's a reason that Coach Campbell spoke so highly of this group. I think that that is how I would kind of lay things out. And then finally, I, I know I said finally, but there's one more that came in a few minutes ago that I would like to add on here. Kind of my general expectations for Iowa State football this season. I certainly expect there to be a level of consistency that needs to be met in terms of what Coach Campbell has shown in his time here. I think the Cyclones will keep the bull streak alive. And if Jake Remsburg on the offensive line can get back soon and health can stay a positive for this team, which generally, from what I've gathered in camp, it, it has been for the most part, I think this team could surprise some people in the Big 12. I feel that the conference is wide open. That's not necessarily a pick to win the conference. It's a deep one. But just based on what I've heard about the defense and the fact that there are a little more returners than I kind of anticipated when I came into this position, I'm going to say around at least seven wins in the regular season at least, and potentially a bowl victory as well. Decker's accuracy and the health of the team will certainly be major things to follow there. But I feel I'm a little higher on this Iowa State team than most. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when the lights come on in just a couple weeks. I will be trying to do another one of these before that happens. Certainly game previews, full game breakdowns, reactions, and things like that. But again, thank you for your patience. These are going to be much more regular, and it felt great to be back behind the mic. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Cyclone Scoop podcast. Have a great week. We'll talk again soon.